0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. This is No Deep Dives, a Flex Mommy Podcast. My favorites, welcome to the very first episode of No Deep Days. If you're a dedicated Flex fan, then you would have seen the soft launch on socials. Look at me teasing, testing the waters, but now we're here, it's legit. Brace yourself for some tangents though, because this episode was initially inspired by maths, but then quickly dovetailed into arranged marriages, asking some very big questions, like how much land would my hand in marriage be worth? before tax and after tax. Thank you. And is marriage and divorce ultimately a business decision? Now let's go take a little dip. I just want to know how many years are we away from arranged marriages being socially and culturally accepted in Australia because something about the maths pandemonium tells me it's going to be 5 to 10 years. Hear me out. As someone who hasn't watched maths and regrets it, not in the sense that I feel bad for myself, but in the sense that I think I'd really enjoy it, I just can't dedicate 5 days a week to reality TV like I used to. I want to. The thing is People like to tell me that they watch maths as a novelty. They don't trust the format. They're not expecting people to really find love, but it's just fascinating to watch those dynamics play out. We love seeing modern dating dynamics with a twist of, is psychopathy too strong of a word? I feel like a lot of these episodes will start and end with, I was in an insert rideshare app. But here's the thing. I was in one and this driver in an attempt to start conversation said to me, you watch, you watch maths, right? And I had to say, no, sorry, I don't. And then he began to give me maths trivia, Sydney edition. He showed me where the sky suites were. That's where they live out. Yeah, yeah. They live there together. Yeah, they, they, no, they don't actually get married though. It's just a wedding that they do. And I was thinking about, the way that he was trying to explain the show to me, because I said I didn't know anything about it for fear that if I said I knew a little bit, he would start to quiz me. He starts to say that two professionals decide which couples will experience love together, which two strangers will decide to get married in the pursuit of love. And I said to him, well, do they pick them well? Are they well-suited? He's like, no, that's not the point. That's not the point. Surely anybody who's going on maths believes in the concept of arranged love working out for them, right? And maybe they don't. The point is, I come from a culture where arranged marriages aren't that unusual. Not in, you know, my age group, but for my parents' age group. Not unusual at all. When I quiz people, I'm gone in by the way, about the specifics of how it works, I see them try and do the mental gymnastics to try and find an Australian Western equivalent to make it make sense to me. To try and give me a reason as to why two people would allow their parents to pick for them someone to not be in love with, someone to be in a marriage with. Because when we're talking about arranged marriages, there is a distinction. Very few arranged marriages are an arrangement of love. That doesn't make any sense because the institution of marriage is not for love. It's for economic prosperity. (laughs) I even feel like modern relationships, like modern heteronormative relationship dynamics are more about economic prosperity than love sometimes. Because some of these stories I hear, yeah, it's just cheaper. It's just cheaper to rent in Sydney when you're in a couple. Why would you say that to me? We're talking about being hopeless romantics. I don't want to hear it. If traditional marriages are about economic prosperity, two families deciding to link and build because they can see benefits in doing so. Maybe you have land, you have animals, you live closer to the city, you live closer to the water, it's a better trade route, whatever it might be. Tell me that doesn't make more sense than whatever else we do. As someone who participates in whatever else we do and enjoys it, it doesn't actually make sense. How am I picking the love of my life these days, babes? I'm swiping. Swiping? One time I wrote a reflex question that said, why are people okay with eating pigs and not dogs? Not because I want people to eat dogs or pigs, but because I think that it's very easy to moralize what is most uncommon to us. Whatever sounds weird is immoral, whatever sounds usual is moral, and that is flawed. If we had to write a pros and cons list of all the reasons why the people who know us best shouldn't pick our partners, I feel like we'd be pleasantly surprised. If I made my mum pick my partner, and I'm not saying go to the street and find anyone, but let's write a list together and you're in charge of it. I think that's a good use of delegating and resourcing. Producer Sarah just asked me if divorce is very common in Ghana or if it's frowned upon or if it's an easy out for an arranged marriage that was arranged poorly. I know a story of a man and a woman that had an arranged marriage and the woman wanted out. And the man said, find me a replacement then. Could you imagine? (laughs) And not only did he say, find me a replacement, his family was like, okay, well, do you have somebody else you wanna sub in? Or are you just trying to leave? Because you actually have a role here. I think it'd be the equivalent of rocking up to work and being like, I don't actually think I wanna do this. And your boss being like, okay, we'll create a handover and let's see if we can find somebody else. Where is the handover? If you don't wanna be with this person, who's next in line? Because I can't do this twice. I do think traditionally arranged marriages in Ghanaian cultures are meant to be a forever thing, not because of love, but because of Christianity. And if not because of Christianity, because of social status. And if not because of social status, it's because the trade has been made. The thing that happens with arranged marriages, I'm not talking modern ones, I'm talking from like the eighties is that usually there's a dowry, there's a price exchanged, whether it's money, land, cows, whatever it might be. So if you've given me 50K in exchange for my daughter, and you don't wanna be with her anymore, something tells me you're gonna want this money back. And something tells me I already spent it. Now what are we doing? It's really interesting because I grew up in a family structure that made me very hyper aware of perception. What do things look like from the outside in? Race conversations, culture conversations, ethnicity conversations. I thought that was just my family. Mm -mm -mm. It's a very Ghanaian thing to be (sighs) suckling on the teat of respectability politics in a way that's helpful when you're interacting with people because people are going to be nice and polite and humorous to you. But unfortunately, when you tie that in with a very poetic and ambiguous language structure, it gets very confusing. So the long and short answer is, I don't think it'd be cool. And I think if you were trying to unravel yourself out of an arranged marriage, it would be a problem and people would, they'd have a problem with it. I say the phrase, crazier things have happened. I think people think that I'm being facetious. Like I'm making an attempt at a joke. I'm saying it in jest. Truly every day, crazier things have happened. People marry animals and you're telling me that you won't let someone who loves you pick you someone to love? If statistically half of marriages end in divorce, if statistically marriage is one of the biggest business decisions you will ever make, if statistically in heteronormative relationships, marriage is better for the man than the woman, and it actually increases his quality of life and decreases hers, would it not make sense for this, I don't wanna call it a transaction, but this agreement to have more of the specifics discussed? I hate discussing specifics. I wanna vibe. I wanna vibe out. What kind of music do you like? Cool, cool, whatever. In the grand scheme of things, nobody is prepared to deal with someone who is spiteful and when spite comes out wouldn't you be happy if there was a contract i'm just saying better yet what i would love to know if my marriage was being arranged right now what is the price and would that money go to me i don't know what the source is from but there was a correlation between divorce rates lowering due to the cost of living getting higher and I said, that makes sense. Divorce is expensive. And is divorce expensive because of the institution of marriage and patriarchy? Like why? What? what reason should there be for divorce to be so rigid and regimented? Like, why can't I just decide and be out of it? Why do I need to be separated for one year and then have a discussion with two separate lawyers? And then like, why can't we just between each other say, okay, well, I pay for this. It's mine. It, when I say it doesn't make sense, I can do the mental gymnastics because I've read about it and talked about it with people who have experienced divorce. Like, sure, you separate for a year because it's expensive to get divorced. And if you want to get back together, it's a whole cost. Let's break it down though. Why is it expensive to get divorced? There's no fee to be someone's boyfriend, someone's partner, someone's girlfriend. I mean, Hmm. <laughs> you don't sign a form and take it to Australia Post and make sure you have, what do you call it? A JP. <laughs> a JP sign and say, we're now dating. You don't do that. There's something about modern traditions that just they all have a big gap in the middle. For example, Schooling systems like we all go to school, primary school, high school. You tell us what to wear, what to eat, what to think, and then you assess us on it. And then, as soon as we leave that environment, you say, Now do think for yourself. What, but how did I? What do you want to do when you grow up? Well, my whole life, you've told me who I am and how I do that and who I get to be, and now you're telling me to do it. That doesn't make sense then with relationships, you encourage this like separation of people. You say it's not appropriate to engage in that activity. You be over here, you be over here. But then like the clock strikes 21 and every second person is like, Ooh, you're thinking about marriage. And then how are we all 16 year old girls in school with the same timeline of I definitely, no, I'm gonna be engaged by 25 and then I wanna be married by 26 so I need to have two kids before the age of 30. Why did we all say that? Who told us that? And that's not even a realistic timeline for like our own parents. It's a half-baked thought, but I don't like how the government infantilizes adults but gives them adult responsibility. Why am I coming to you saying, I've made this adult decision to divorce someone that I expected to be unduly tied to? You think I haven't thought about that? And now you're infantilizing me by saying, you want to think about it? Maybe just, you gotta, you can't be brash. You gotta chill. Something's off. I don't like that. I, I feel like We're constantly in opposition between like the agency to do what we want and this suppression to enact our agency. Be your full self, make your full decisions, but not like that. (laughs) Please, never again, never like that. I hate that. And also, even if you aren't part of a culture that holds marriage to a high standard or you aren't religious, there is so much shame tied with divorce. People don't do that for fun. They don't do that for a party trick or a story. And so it's interesting to presume that people are doing it on a whim, as if it's not considered a societal milestone, achievement, and celebration to have been married. You think people don't want to hold on to that for as long as they humanly can? Like, what is more embarrassing than shame? People don't want to feel shame. So if they're now paying, An exorbitant price to feel shame and be shamed. You think they haven't thought about that? I'm better now. I'm fine. (laughs) This is No Deep Dives, a Flex Mommy podcast. Let me tell you, speaking into the void is cathartic. But alas, that brings us to the end of the episode. If you've loved it, leave a review. If you have thoughts, take it to your group chat. And if you don't have a group chat, join our Slack community via the link in the show notes. Kisses. Bye.